now for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Lyle is still in the kitchen, but Lawson <laughs> yeah. and I, Blake, are here on Faith FM, and we are excited about Correct. this morning. Uh, Lawson, uh-huh. are you grateful this morning? I'm so grateful. What are you grateful for? For many things. Many things. Oh, okay, so for my birthday, I got like a ton of gifts from people on my birthday and it was amazing i got like four different hats and so i now i've got a collection that i cycle through you know uh but on my birthday i also got given a voucher to a restaurant here in newcastle called susuru for 30 bucks and it's like a it's like a ramen restaurant and I went there last night with a group of people and basically got to eat free ramen. Yeah, I was amazing. just going to say ramen, 30 bucks of ramen, $2 a cup. That's, uh, what is that, like 15 different no, cups no, of ramen? No, no, ramen in Australia is like the most expensive thing ever. The markup is crazy. So you got about three it's noodles? Like, it's like $21 a bowl. What? Yeah, the bowls are massive though. Okay. It's like a big, it's like a pretty big bowl, but it's still like expensive. I thought you were like, it's a pretty big deal. It's yeah. ramen in Australia is a pretty it's big a, deal. It's it's very expensive. Well, at least the one that's here in Newcastle. But I got to eat it for free and hang out with my friends. So it was it was a good time. I was like waddling out of the restaurant though. My my belly was full. Ooh, that sounds good. I, mm-hmm. Is the ramen all over? Like Gawler, South Australia, <laughs> which eighty eight. Point oh FM. We got I'm some sure there's, there. there's there's ramen all over the place. But is there ramen in? Oh man, <laughs> Ma- Australian Mandubra, Mandubra, Queensland. Oh man, I'm not good at this. I'm real sorry, but you guys are <laughs> listening to it. Eighty-seven point six. Thank you for our listeners there in Delarain, Tasmania. Eighty-eight point oh FM. I'm sure. FM. I'm sure there's either someone who's eat there's ramen there or someone who's at least eaten ramen. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM, the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson and Lyle still in the kitchen. We just say hi to you every morning. Keep working away. I want to see that kitchen done very, very soon. Lawson, mm. we've come to the end of the week. It's yeah. Friday in the morning. But it's the beginning of the show. I know, but I'm just, I feel. <sighs> feel a little bit sad because it's the end of the week, but I'm also excited because we're about to give away Bible Bibleopoly. Bibleopoly. Our favorite. Our favorite. Copyright skirting game. <laughs> Our absolute. We are super excited to give it away. We're going to be doing that at 8.45 this morning. But before we give it away, we need to have the last round of questions. This is your last five opportunities to get your name in the, in the draw. And we've had people win the draw before, like with literally one All you entry. need is one. All you need. Yeah. Is one. You got a yeah. uh, fighter's chance. That's right. Correct. One, one swing, you can win the whole match. Okay, here we go. Here's the question. What was wrong with the pot of stew served to Elisha and the prophets? What was wrong with Ooh. it? 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. As we've said, you'll go into the draw to win Bibleopoly, the board game. And obviously, if you win the board game, it is a mandate to invite us over and to play. <laughs> let us play the board game with you. I really loved, you know, talking yesterday about all the different places where you could potentially play Bibleopoly. But you know where you could potentially play Bibleopoly? In, in your house. <laughs> 
you yeah, that's true. with us. So oh. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Again, what was wrong with the pot of stew served to Elisha and the prophets? I I especially hope someone in De Lorraine, Tasmania wins because uh-huh. I just want to go to that place because that is like the most southern sounding name of a town in Australia for me. Uh-huh. De Lorraine. How do you say it? Yeah, De, De Lorraine. Uh, uh, De, De, for me, it's just... De Lorraine. I can't even say it without a southern accent. It's okay. just like not allowed. So is that like a neurological problem? I or? think it, <laughs> I got some neurological issues. I got some redneck neurological issues up there. Like some words that just is De Lorraine. Just, dude, you've got some some trauma. Yeah, dropped on a yeah. I was dropped on a shotgun as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's t- let's get into how positive for different reasons. What 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 we got going on here? Sorry. I lost some it over here. It's, it's only a 20 gauge. <laughs> okay, here okay, we go. I'm, I'm dying. All right, 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 right. Hey, oh, what are we going to talk about? Okay, I've been just so enamored recently by by history. Okay. Just just reading so much, just studying so much, using it as a tool to procrastinate from doing uni work. Okay, Lyle. Yeah. But, he's definitely influenced you because he's the history guy. That he, I know. he is. Like yeah. I, I was with Lyle on a Bible study the other day, and we were talking about you know the Bible and just talking about the history. It was it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, recently, like I, I'm uh, I'm studying Hebrew this semester, and and I was supposed to write a a, a word search report, and I did. But <laughs> in amidst my study was lots of procrastination, having a look at at Rome and Greece. I've been particularly interested in like the Greco-Persian Peloponnesian Wars, like Greco-Persian and then later the Peloponnesian Wars, because I I just think they're really interesting of, you know, how, how it was that Greece came to power is crazy. Uh, But then, you know, going into the, into the Roman era and the big question was, it was like, why, why did Rome, you know, like each power that came along succeeded the power before it. And like whether you go from like Babylon to then Medo-Persia, Medo-Persia then to Greece and then Greece then to Rome, these great ancient empires. And each empire through brought something different to the table that it that it offered the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of Rome, the big thing that Rome had going for it is that you... It actually probably led to its eventual downfall because this thing, this particular thing I'm about to talk about had only kind of staying power for a little bit. But essentially, you had the city of Rome. It was wealthy. It was affluent. It was amazing. It was full of incredible architecture and amazing roads and buildings and social order and structure and all these different things. And then basically those ideas, the way that Rome wanted to capture the world was to spread that. And so they did that through, you know, on a, on a level of architecture, of resources, whatever it may be, but also in making people citizens mm-hmm. from, from all around the place. Like they would like, when we read the Bible, we see that Paul being born in Tarsus, a region in the Middle East, was a citizen of the city of Rome. Now, again, it, they were under the Roman Empire, but to be a Roman citizen means that you belong to the city itself. Mm. And along with spreading Roman citizenship, which basically, again, if you ha- had Roman citizenship, you had 
amazing privileges and you were really looked after. And then as the empire went through to capture more and more people under the regime of Rome, they just continued to print out Roman citizenship to, to everyone, you know, to, to try and get everyone into Roman citizenship so that they felt like they were a part of it. And then with people having Roman citizenship and wanting to be a part of the empire, um, again, then Roman ideals under the empire of Rome, <clears throat> uh, there was a motivation to establish them. Uh, whether it was like, yeah, Roman um, system of government, uh, whether it was a uh, Roman system of logistics, the architecture, the buildings and whatnot. Um, and it spread everywhere. Right. And what I'm basically building up to is in Britain, uh, in, in, in Britain, a place where Rome, you know, the, the Rome spread up to, uh, a road has just been uncovered after digging like, like, like 15 feet into the ground, they've uncovered a Roman road that they really? didn't know was there in what? Britain. 15 feet down? Yeah. What? Because most archaeological discoveries today, like buildings and whatnot, like everything has just had dirt chucked on top of it, you know? That's right. just the way that history goes. It's just everything's built on everything else. When they when they tried to find remains of the temple in Jerusalem and, and they found them and they saw that it had all the burn marks basically uh, affirming the destruction of Jerusalem that happened under Titus in 70 AD, um, yeah, they had to de- dig like 60 meters down yeah, or something crazy. Wow. But basically a bunch of council workers were doing construction in a field. Yeah. And they're like just digging it up, and then like they find like a full Roman road. This particular thing that they found, it's a bit of like a like a causeway. It was to cross a river, but they've seen the architecture and everything, and it's like the way that the that the the road has been made and the way that the stones have been placed. It's like cobblestone. It's like this is undoubtedly Roman. Right, right. But, but what's greater than all of it? I, I think this what, what's so amazing is like Roman roads have this reputation. Pretty much the only place where we have Roman roads today is in the city of Rome or in the city of Pompeii. That's the only place where they've really lasted. Right. Uh, but like, like not because you know they've they've fallen apart, but because you know just over history they just get dug up and replaced and whatever it may be. Is that this road that's been sitting under? 15 feet of dirt for like the last however long is in like perfect condition. Really? It's like so, and and it just, it's a testament to, again, going back to like why Rome spread so much is because they had so much to offer to people and they wanted the world to be included into the ethos of Rome. Uh, whereas you had someone like Alexander the Great, for example, uh, leading the Macedon Greek army, uh, you know, east in destroying Persia. And he's just like, well, I'm going to kill everyone now. <laughs> uh, whereas Rome, it was like, hey, do you want to be a part of Rome? Do you want to be a Roman? Uh, because they had so many amazing inventions and whatnot to offer. And one of them is their fantastic roads that I'm just like looking at this road, like a 2000 year old road in pristine conditions. And my mind is just immediately cast over to the car park of Newcastle uni, which has some of the deepest potholes I've ever seen. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, man, maybe, maybe New South Wales can uh, get some tips. Yeah. We Rome. need help, bro. Dude. And, and, and a car- I have a four wheel drive. I can barely make it on a paved road between Morissette and Karimbong. Dude, oh, man, it, it is woeful. I'm, like, l- trying to not ding my rims driving around at, like, 10 kilometers through this car park. <laughs> but I'm looking at this Roman road, and it is pristine. Um, now, 
uh, like <laughs> I, I just love this. I, I, I love that they've, they've they've got this discovery and this land, this field isn't council owned. It's privately owned. So this person having an epic Roman road in their property is going to get a big old boost right there. They're just like they had like a field and a nice house, and now they've got a Roman road in there. <laughs> Dude, Roman they're, road. They're, 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 mate, they are laughing all the way to the bank. So you know, or maybe the the British government will dig the yeah, road I was up. Say, ah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens with that. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We got some quiz questions for you because today is the big day for the draw. Is Mm. that right? What's the next question here? The next question is, Jesus said it is harder for a rich man to enter heaven than for a camel to enter what? Mm. You guys should know this. I think I knew this before I was a Christian. I went to like Catholic school. Oh. Uh, maybe potentially zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text again our prize for this week, which we are giving away this morning at eight forty five in our draw is Bibleopoly, the board game. And so yeah, guys, get in. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That question. Jesus said it is harder for a rich man to enter heaven than for a camel to enter what? I'm sure you guys know the answer to this one. It's it's simple. It's 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 clean, it's easy. It's kind of sewing itself. That's right. In, it's it's in it's in your brain. You know the answer. You want this board game. You want to invite me over to play <laughs> it with you. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some news for the day, Lawson. Um, mm. things are getting pretty feisty up there in New York City. Yeah. Okay. It, it's crazy. Uh-huh. Okay. So. <clears throat> He's, he's, got to, he's got to clear his throat for this one. He's, he's got Here something go. serious to say. This is kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. The COVID vaccine demand and subsequent firing has turned out to be a very costly authoritarian oopsie for the New York Democrats. Mm. Guess what happened? The New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all employees who were fired for not being vaccinated on Monday, ordering back pay and saying their rights had been violated. Wow. That's like a big deal. Yeah. So like for the past maybe year and a half like or or longer since since the mandates have been put in place, there's been no hope for those who have lost their jobs because they made a decision to not get vaccinated. There's actually roughly I think it was 1,400 employees just by the city. We're not talking about everybody else. We're just talking about New York These City employees, like civil service. police departments, yeah, so yeah uh, firefighters, like uh-huh. nurses, a whole the whole crew, the gambit, right? For uh, being unvaccinated. Uh, a nurse is not private. Well, maybe the nurses are private, yeah, but police yeah. and firefighters. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, so they were fired for being unvaccinated earlier this year after the city adopted a vaccine mandate under former mayor Bill de Blasio. Now, mm-hmm. the current mayor. Eric Adams claimed earlier this year that his administration would not rehire employees who had been fired over their vaccination status, but the Supreme Court has just ruled that he has to. Mm. And now there's a battle actually happening between wow. uh, whether or not they have to do this or not. Well the, well, the battle's been lost. I mean, well, for those who don't want to rehire them because the vaccine mandate is done away with, yeah. and the Supreme Court has ruled that being vaccinated, this is the court found, that being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting 
COVID-19. Mm. Okay. So that, I mean, that, this is a big deal because it impacts not only, you know, New York City, but this will, as this rolls out, I mean, this is. Yeah. If New York City has to do this, yeah. then LA has to do this. Well, it's everything. Houston. The way the state legislation works is very different in America than it is here yeah, in Australia. But, but isn't the Supreme Court like a federal thing? It's the Supreme, yes, but there's a, there's a state Supreme Court. For each state as well. Okay, oh, is this the state? So this is New York City Uh, or New York State Supreme Court, uh, right? Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense? But it's still still pretty incredible, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. This is the thing that I I was really surprised by, you know, that the court is basically, the Supreme Court of New York is basically saying all employees who are fired for not being vaccinated also need back pay saying that their rights have been violated. That's crazy. So the time that had, they have... So they lost their jobs, right? Um, and because of a decision that they made uh, for not do, for not wanting to be vaccinated, now the court is saying, hey, this is not good enough. How many and, people did you say this was? So this is 1,400 employees in New York City. Um, but, th- but again, this is just for New York City employees, like the ones who were working for the city, right? So I I guess what I'm trying to think is when is this going to play out for the private sector as well too? Like, is this going to be something that takes place, you know, just for New York City employees or is this going to start rolling out? So I just did some mathematics. I put in 1,400 times 50,000. Let's say they have a salary of 50 grand a year. Okay. As a civil servant, you know, fair enough. Yep. Um, and then times, you know, plus fifty percent of that because one and a half years, and <sighs> yeah, it's gonna cut. Like this is just rough estimate. Let's say I don't know this is either the highest or the lowest or middle number around a hundred million dollars <sighs> to the state to back pay all these people a year and a half. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So around a hundred mil. A hundred mil. Yeah. Hundred mil in back pay. And back That's pay. assuming that the average salary is about fifty grand a year. It's probably a lot more mm. for a firefighter for in New York, in, for yeah, New York, and yeah. police officers. Yeah. So the, another article here does say that it, many of those that were fired were police officers and firefighters. Mm. Many of them who had actually uh, religious uh, reasons, because mm. in in America, I think it's different here than Australia. Like you could not get vaccinated for. Religious purposes, you yeah. can say, "Hey, I, my, I'm remaining to, or I'm choosing to remain unvaccinated yeah. for religious freedom purposes." In Australia, they just laugh at you. Yeah, that's it a little bit like, sad, actually. Lol, huh? Well, and and that's the difference with the constitution and not having and a country that doesn't have a constitution on that thing, like because one yeah. of our amendments is the freedom of speech and the freedom yep. of religion yep. and freedom of thought, right? Mm-hmm. But in here in Australia, uh, there isn't that written into a constitution, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so another interesting thing is they dropped the mandate for professional actors and uh, you know sports players, you know professional mm-hmm. athletes a while back, mm-hmm. and then they but so they allowed sports players, you know actors, they could do their thing, but what the police officers and the fire fire uh, guys, <laughs> you know firemen and women, yeah. they were basically saying, hey, if you're doing this for like actors and you're doing this for athletes, yeah, why are you not letting us, that's right? You know, crazy. if you're going to, 
you know, follow the science. The science is going to tell you there's no more danger right now. That's what they're saying. This is a quote from uh, Ansborough, one of the leaders of the fire department there. He say you're putting hundreds of firefighters, police officers, and other emergency workers out of work, which is not in the best interest of the city, and it's just not safe, you know. Mm. But you're letting professional athletes and you're letting, you know, musicians yeah. and actors why is, why is Ja Morant more important than a firefighter? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I think it's it's a it's a very interesting shift because we're talking mm-hmm. about New York City, which is yeah. historically and you know pretty recently very you know democratic yeah. or and very pro vaccine, and all of a sudden the court is saying no, we're not actually going to allow this. Mm. Uh, to take place anymore. Uh, there's another person, Christina Martinez. Uh, she's one of the attorneys. She said uh, the vaccine mandates are destroying lives, you know, wow. pointing to the religious exemption a court granted, uh, talking about Timothy, a firefighter. He, she says he's being punished for sticking to his religious convictions, even when the law provides for religious exemptions, mm. right? And the problem is we have an administration that doesn't value religious freedom that doesn't value medical freedom, that doesn't value our first responders, and Mayor Adams needs to lift this mandate because the mandate's still there, right? Mm. Uh, uh, Get these heroes back to work and end these discriminatory Mm. policies. So this is really a freedom of religion thing, Mm. right? So you have over 1,400 employees, many of which have said, I'm not going to do this because of a religious exemption for religious reasons. Um, Whatever those may be. uh, and, And now... There's a backlash, and like you said, it's going to. The court has stated you got to pay him back. Mm. So because the science has shown, you know, this is not what we thought this was. You know, mm. and and I don't want to get into like the whole vaccine debate. That's not what I'm going to yeah. do today. That's not what we're talking. Uh, about. We're talking know, about this ruling. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And we, you know, we've spent plenty of time on Faith FM, you know, mulling over it. But it, this is breaking news for like, sure. This is what's happening in New York. That's crazy. And and I think what's happening in New York is going to have a huge impact on what's going to happen in the rest of the world as yeah. this plays out because we're starting to realize these mandates were maybe more harmful than the pandemic itself, Mm. which is a pretty crazy thought. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM with Blake and Lawson. We have another quiz question to get right into to win Bibleopoly. We're we're counting down. We're going to give this Mm. Bibleopoly away. I'm excited. What's the question, Lawson? In order to be saved in Egypt, to be kept alive, God instructed the Israelites to place blood someplace on their home. Where was it? Ooh. 0491 You'll probably know the answer to this one if you've read this passage or if you've watched Prince the of Prince Egypt. of Egypt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but regardless, we know that you know the answer. It's there in that brain. I'm just thinking of like the "Who Knows What Miracles" song. Are we allowed to play that? I want to. I don't know if we have the the ability to play "Who Knows What Miracles," <laughs> but if we can, shall I? She, we don't know. I, I don't know what's gonna go on here, but that is a beautiful song. Check it out. Well, hey, again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Get into the draw to win Bibleopoly, <laughs> our favorite board game here on Faith FM. That if you win, you are going to invite us over to play it with you. Um, and again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. In order to be saved in Egypt, to kept, be kept alive by God, uh, God instructed the Israelites to place blood somewhere on their homes. Where was it? 
Where did they put the blood? 0491-064-669. Find the answer in Exodus or the Prince of Egypt. Egypt. You might not have the time to watch the whole movie. Go right now. Listen to our show, please. Okay. Um, All right. Hey, we actually have one of my really good friends from the South Africa region, actually the country, and uh, her name is (laughs) Joelle Lawrence. Joelle, can you hear us? I can. Good morning, Blake and Lawson. How's it going? Oh, good morning. We're we're killing it. <laughs> we're, just, we're living it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, hey, Joelle, I uh, just wanted to say hi and just have a little uh, conversation about a little oh. place up in northern New South Wales, just south of the Queensland border in Kingscliff, a little place called Arise. You may Arise. have heard of such places. <laughs> Um, yes, I have. Give us a little a little uh, tidbit there on what Arise is for our, everyone who's listening, and we just want to know what is Arise, uh, and you know, what's your involvement there? Yeah, so um, Arise is run by a ministry called Light Bearers, um, and Arise um, Australia specifically is basically a Bible training school. Um, that's pretty much how I put it. Um, directly. And it's not one of those schools that you go to in order to like be a pastor and like enter full-time ministry. I would say it's something that really just helps you as a person um, just grow your own faith and just learn how to communicate that with other people. Um, like you would with anything that you're super passionate about, how do you communicate that in the best way? Um, and so, yeah, Arise Australia specifically um, is about three and a half months. So it runs from February to May in Kingsloaf, which is an absolutely stunning place. Um, and it was lovely for me being from overseas and landing in Kingsloaf for the first time. Um, such a lovely place. And um, yeah, that's the school that runs there. There's also an online program for people who are international or who can't dedicate so much time. But yeah, the school runs for that time period and it's quite busy. I must say you you can just imagine how many things you need to pack into that amount of time. But in the mornings, um, the schedule is pretty much um, that we have breakfast together, um, all the students and the staff, and then we start with classes. And the classes are probably the main part of the school, as you could imagine. And the topics vary quite a bit. So it's like, how do you get Bible studies? Um, how do you study the Bible for yourself? Um, we focus on different books in the Bible, just understanding them more in depth, um, how to have a better prayer life. And then in the afternoon, it gets pretty exciting because, of course, after sitting in a classroom for hours, you need to stretch those legs. And that's when the students actually go door knocking, which for me was quite daunting. It was super scary for me because I'm not super comfortable talking to strangers. Um, as I'm sure some of our listeners can agree with. So here we were like um, knocking on doors and trying to have, just ask people about their spiritual walks and what they believed in. So yeah, the program's pretty jam packed. Wow. Um, so let's, let's go back. You said that you hmm. landed in Kingscliff and did you, you went to Arise as a student. Yeah. Yeah. So I had heard about it years ago, but never thought I would ever end up there. Um, but a couple of years ago, I was just in the point in my life where I felt like I wanted to do more for God, but I wanted to make sure that I was more equipped to do that efficiently. And so I started thinking about a rise and praying about it and saving money. And so in 2019, I actually attended the program for myself. And um, it was interesting because I think that spiritually I'd grown up um, a Seventh-day Adventist and um, 
been baptized and all of that, but as maybe some of you can relate to, sometimes it just feels like routine, right? Going to church, doing what you have to. But I felt like I really just needed a deeper walk with God. And um, I've just been struggling a little bit with my purpose and my value in life. And so I I think I went to rise kind of desperate, if I'd say so. I just, like, needed God to show up. And I was like, if he if He doesn't show up here, then I don't know what I'll do. Um, but I think the in terms of the power of a rise, it's not it's never the program itself. It's the environment you put yourself in to allow God to work. And so there was some healing that I really needed from just stuff in my past. Um, I needed reassurance that um, I did have value and I did have purpose. And um, as I was sitting in these classes, learning about the Bible, you know, the um, Holy Spirit really just worked on my heart. And what I love about Arise, it really overlooks the story of scripture because I think sometimes it's so easy just to look at a book and you don't understand the context um, of how that fits in with your life um, as a person. So what changed for me is like understanding that from the beginning, like we see in Genesis, like God creates humanity out of love, right? Um, And he has plans for their lives. He wants them to prosper and multiply. And then um, as we continue reading the scripture, we see how um, God's own children, they reject him. They turn away from him. They rebel. And yet God is always pursuing them. And um, I was realizing that in my own life, like God had actually been pursuing me all this time. I always thought that I had to do more and I had to reach these goals and I had such high pressures on myself, but God was always pursuing me and I was enough. And then um, again, as I'm continuing to just read more and understand more, I just saw that beautiful picture of Jesus um, ultimately giving his life on the cross. And that was just reassurance that, again, I was enough um, and he had a purpose for me. So just that experience, just absolutely life-changing completely. Wow. Wow. So that, so, and that was in 2019. And then, and then, I mean, that's where we met afterwards. You you came and Mm -hmm. you volunteered at uh, Raymond Terrace Mission Church where you're still at, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, still there. <laughs> still there. Uh, and and now you're working there, running running the ministries and things like that. That's awesome. And then, mm. so, but last year, you you kind of went back to Arise. And, and did, like, how did that take place? And what was your experience with that? Like, why'd you go back? Yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, I was asked to be the dean. Um, so again, we have quite a lot of students that attend. Um, in my class, I think we have about 44 um, students around there. So tons of international girls and boys, and um, they usually have a girls and boys dean. And the role of the dean is just to encourage the students, be there for support spiritually and emotionally, and um, also just help run the program. So um I do quite a bit of admin work in my role now, and that's something that I think God has given me talent in. And so being the dean at Arise this year, um, I just got to help with the planning and making sure the students um, did everything that they needed to and they were okay. So, yeah, that was quite an interesting experience itself. And it was weird, though, because seeing it on the other side, because, I mean, I was so used to being the student, and now I saw um, the students themselves go on their own spiritual journey, which was many times an encouragement to me, because oftentimes 
on our own spiritual journeys, we feel so isolated, like when we struggle with temptation or we struggle with doubt and we think, oh, I'm the only one um, who's not getting this spiritual journey right. But seeing all these students just go um, through their own struggles and their own victories was just an encouragement. And seeing them encourage each other was really eye-opening. I think it was a good reminder that as Christians, we need community. You know, we can't live in a bubble. We need to be the body of Christ together. And so just being, yeah, alongside those students as they drew closer to God was was such a blessing for me as well. So that was last year, right? And now, well, well, I I think it was last year, but like now you're going back again to do the Dean work again, right? Yes, yeah. So next year I'll be there um, with the, the new group of um, students. And, yeah, really exciting, again, just for them to grow in their personal walk with God and um, make more disciples for the kingdom. For sure. So maybe, you know, for someone who's listening today, what mm-hmm. what would advice would you give them if they're thinking about, you know, taking that next step in their faith and saying, you know what, I actually want to be more efficient in sharing my faith with other people. I want to, I want to uh, be able to give a Bible study on, on different topics. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to tell people how much Jesus actually loves them. I want to let people, you know, see what's happening around the world and how that relates to Bible prophecy. Like what advice mm-hmm. would you give uh, for our listeners who are really thinking about taking the next step, but don't know what to do? Yeah, well, definitely program like Arise would, I think, be ideal um, to just start off that journey. And, you know, oftentimes we get so caught up in just um, getting the status of the world, but ultimately, as we can see around us, but Jesus is definitely coming soon. And we really can't uh, waste any time with our faith. Um, more people need to know what we believe, and we need to know what we believe ourselves. So get equipped while we can. Um, and yeah, God has so much in store for us. Like you were just talking, I ended up um, at Raymond Terrace Mission as a Bible worker and then manager. I would have never in my wildest dreams ever thought um, I'd do that. But again, because I had to put my faith in God and my future in God's hands, he led me to a life that has been so much more fulfilling than I could ever have imagined. So I think we limit ourselves when we don't just um, give everything to God and really let him take control of our lives. So, yeah, I'd encourage anyone to do something like Arise or anything similar. And really just put God to the test. He wants to bless us um, and equip us bun- abundantly for the future. Wow. Okay. And I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Are you ready for this, Joelle? Yeah, you're making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Something's happening in January. Oh, oh wow. Yes. <laughs> What's happening in January? It's not, it's not Arise. It's related. not Arise related, um, but <laughs> welcome to Faith FM. <laughs> uh, well, Where things happen um, that we don't even know are going to happen, and it's happening right now. So what's happening in January there, Joelle? Yeah, well... Again, I came in 2019 not having any idea of how long I'd be in Australia. And it seems like I'll be here a bit longer as I'm actually getting married um, to Australia in January. So, yeah, um, God's blessing with a really great guy. And I'm excited for the future. Wow, that is exciting. So I got all the plans. Are you planning everything? You got the invitations all set out? Is that everything going uh, good? It's, it's slow progress. <laughs> 
and now you're gonna be a you're gonna be a true blue Australian here, just like uh, some of us other overseas immigrants who have come from <laughs> uh, across the seas. You come to see the beautiful land of Australia and go, hey. I'm going to marry someone from here. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been good. Quite a few of us have done that as well, too. I'm looking at Shell, our producer. She did the same kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. So. Sure. And your boy sitting here single. Just getting, <laughs> it, getting it done. You know. Maybe, you know, maybe. It's okay. I'll just keep living faithfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll keep playing. Hey, you had your chance in Ethiopia. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we, we don't have to bring that up again, but don't forget. <laughs> there's there's opportunity there. Um, hey, uh, Joel, thanks so much for joining us as well, too. Uh, any... Any final thoughts for or a shout out maybe to uh, those who have actually done a rise? Do you want to, what do you want to say to those who've actually gone to a rise? Maybe they're listening today and, and you uh-huh. want to say something to them uh, for their faith journey. Yeah, just just stay faithful um, and take it day by day. I think don't have too many expectations or um, yeah, don't expect too much on yourself, but just rely on God's strength um, to carry you through. That's ultimately what we can depend on, mm-hmm. not ourselves. Mm. the the world is a kind of a crazy place and yeah we do need to take it day by day for sure i i you know it's a roller coaster of life it's got ups and downs mm-hmm. all arounds and you never know uh you never know what's going to happen exactly but i i love that advice joelle and i think it's just good for all of us as well to remain faithful mm-hmm. and to recognize and know that no matter how crazy life gets, we can rely on God to help us to have that peace and to be still. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.